Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Exciting and new Come aboard We're expecting you And love Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to you Something for everyone Set a course for adventure Your mind on a new road And love Won't hurt anymore It's an open smile On a friendly shore Welcome back to the next episode of The Helming Power Hour, where we cover all the movies that you need to see in your life and a few that you don't. Since this is February, the month of love, the month of Valentine's, we are bringing you our very special warming of the heart movie, a very romantic, beautiful movie. We're bringing you Albert Pune's classic because when Dice Man hits your eyes like a big pizza pie, that's Brain Smasher, a love story. Uh, it doesn't get more than that. <laughs> when Terry Hatcher's in a trance and she takes off her pants, that's Brain Smasher, a love story. That's right, because we thought, hey, it's Valentine's Day, so let's bring you something with love in the title, love throughout, and also kung fu. And now here to read a synopsis of Brain Smasher, a love story, the most romantic man in the world, Stephen Hawking. Brain Smasher, a love story is the perfect store for Valentine's Day special. With Kung Fu monks and sensitive bouncers, it is a tale of romance like no other. After obtaining the rare red lotus flower, a bouncer, and a supermodel run afoul of group of Chinese monks, hell-bent on getting it back. In the course of this adventure, the two fall in love. Spoilers, so not to disappoint anyone, Terry Hatcher does not actually take off her pants. <laughs> she does, but she puts some other ones on, and that's off-screen. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's Brain Smasher Love Story. Welcome back, and we hope that you understand that this will not be as long an episode, because... The beauty of Brain Smasher is easily put into uh, concise words, and it won't take up very long at all. This is a movie that uh, we kind of dubbed Watching and Fast Forward. It's a fun movie. It's enjoyable, especially if you watch it with friends. It's a party movie. It's a party movie. That's it's a, a party. Put on, put on the movie, have a party, hang out with your friends every once in a yeah. while, point and laugh. It's a good time. All right, so... We'll be back in just a minute, so hold your horses. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by Anaconda Malt Liquor. Anaconda gives you and loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! All right. Well, that's a good time. Um, I just want to say that since Supercluck has taken over as the uh, the 
chief financial officer, things have been a lot smoother here on War Rocket Ajax. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but the humans messed up and that chicken knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, you know, when you have a chicken that good, it... You, you know, don't need them all at once. <laughs> no, that's not where I was going. I was going to say he's, uh, you need to make sure you don't sink that, man. Anyway, so now it's time for us to head to the time machine. And I think Super Cluck is already there, so hopefully he's not listening. And we will travel back to 1993. Ooh. Hey, it's plush. Yeah. Okay, here it goes. my coke yeah that that was a smooth ride except for that last little bump um so here we are back in 1993 because it's the best place possible to view the movie that we're going over today which as i mentioned before is 1993 albert pune andrew dice clay terry hatcher uh yuji okawa i mean yuji akumoto and i apologize i don't have it around the tip of my tongue i know the guy and you know him too from Karate Kid 2, probably most, well, he was Ozato's son, who at the end says, death, and then Daniel doesn't kill him. And he was also in Mean Guns, where he was either Haas or Crow, the uh, the duo that I enjoy so much. And he's just, uh, he's just everywhere you want to be, man. He's an awesome Asian bad guy, which is another movie of his you should check out. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's got a, uh, a list of movies a mile long. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to point him out, because he's definitely a reason to watch the movie. Well, love is in the air, brains are in the air, feet flying in the air, monks are in the air, monks are in the air. With all this in the air, Danny, what is your first reason to watch Brain Smasher, a love story? Well, I will say that my first reason to watch Brain Smasher, a love story, is not bad fight choreography. From beginning to end, it's not bad at all. That's true. There are some fun fights in this movie. As they kind of laid it out and drive, very smooth-looking kung fu fights with Asian gentlemen kicking everyone around, and then some not-so-smooth American-style brawling going on as well. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 fun to watch. It's entertaining. I mean, it's it's silly. More than anything, I think the humor that's interjected in this, it, I thought it was going to be cringy when I went back to watch it, but really, especially with a friend, it's just fun. I watched it, I think Danny and I both watched it separately at first, and we're both kind of like, yeah, yeah, this, this is this is a cute movie. And then when we sat down and watched it together, it just got ten times better. So. Oh, yeah. It's just a barrel of laughs. All right, so Mark, what's your first reason? Terry Hatcher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Terry Hatcher's in full form in this one. And she plays a supermodel uh, who falls in love with a bouncer which because that happens you know and they make fun of that all the way through the movie she's the the rich supermodel and there's no way she'd fall for the dumpy little bouncer guy because what woman could truly love a beast yeah and and you know i think that this was just a dry run before she was in uh, tango and cash because really it's it's not the same because she doesn't get up on stage and uh, play like a like a synthax drumatar or whatever it is she's doing in that. But it's a it's the same kind of character. It's the same kind of action movie. Just just a lot less money. And they really play on the whole dub model uh, stereotype with her as well. And she shows that she's not the dumb model that everyone thinks she is, which is a, a fun little play on. Uh, like I said, play on the stereotype there. So my next reason is the Andrew Dice Craig voiceovers, which we have a clip of right here. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a fourth wall kind of thing, uh, but you can listen up. Hey, how you doing? My name's Ed Malloy. I'm known as the Brain Smasher. You'll know why in a few minutes. But you know what gets me? Nobody listens anymore. Nobody's got any sensitivity. But you'll listen, you're not going nowhere. And let me tell you, I got an unbelievable story, you hear? Here's the setup. It started of all places in London, England. There was this chick. Absolutely fantastic. Sam, give me a second. Take an hour. Her name is Samantha, and she's one of those supermodels. 
You know the type with the big money, famous thing happening. As you can see, Samantha wasn't the happiest chick in the world when it came to her relationships. But hey, she hadn't met me yet. Yeah? So Sam gets this package from her sister, and that's what really sets the whole thing off. Because the sister tells Sam to bring this package to Portland, Oregon, where she'll meet her. Now, this is Portland, Oregon. I live here. This is where the rest of the story happens. And the setup. And he continues this on, you know, he kind of introduces it. It doesn't go through the whole movie, but it's the, you know, it's Andrew Dice Clay being Andrew Dice Clay, which is kind of funny sometimes. The movie starts with him on a call trying to tell his story to somebody, and he hangs up, and the phone rings, and it's his mom, and he tries to tell the story to his mom. And that's a running gag throughout the entire movie. It's like, no matter where he is, or what trouble he's in, or whatever's happening, his mom will call at the most inopportune times. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it's just it's just a great, like, like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously at all. Like, we say that about movies, but, I mean, this one really seriously doesn't take itself seriously at all. But that's a good thing. Uh, it also um, it also has uh, Terry Hatcher's sister in it, and she's got kind of a Romancing the Stone, kind of I'm in trouble in another country thing going on. And uh, she's kind of cool as yeah. like a globe-trotting botanist. Mark, what is your next reason to watch the movie? And a very important life lesson to, to learn from this movie. Monks are not ninjas. They are not ninjas. It is stated very much throughout this movie that the bad guys are not ninjas. They are not ninjas. It's it's true, and it's again, it's a running gag. The thing is, is silly. These monks, these uh, red lotus monks, who are after the red lotus that Terry Hatcher's sister has brought from China, they um, they are not ninjas. But that doesn't stop them from beating people up in alleyways and nightclubs and elevators and randomly on the street and in police stations and just about everywhere. And as they state, people think they're ninjas just because they happen to be Asian and dress fashionably in basic black. <laughs> yeah, that's his actual line for the movie. Um, so my next reason to watch the movie is the Brain Smasher jacket. <laughs> because Andrew Dice Clay is the Brain Smasher, and we have a clip of him being called the Brain Smasher for the first time in the movie right here. Wrong move, stupid! Why don't you guys come back tomorrow when you sober up? Now that's why they call him the Brain Smasher. <laughs> and from this point on, he's wearing like a like a letter jacket. And on the back, it says in huge silver letters, it says Brain Smasher. Full disclosure, I am not an Andrew Clay fan. I, I'm, I just could never really get into him. You don't have to convince us that hard. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe, really. But for this role, he works. It, it really does. The Brain Smasher is kind of a lunkhead, but with a good heart. And he pulls it off well. And he advertises very well with the big Brain Smasher jacket. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Andrew Dice Clay in this, he's a, he's a bouncer, and he's the Brain Smasher. And he's every bit, you know, Andrew Clay. But he's also... He's also kind of likable. You know, he's not over the top. He's just playing the part, and the part is over the top, if that makes sense. That's a good way to put that there. So my next reason for watching this movie will be the one-two. He, <laughs> yeah. He's teaching uh, Terry Hatcher how to defend herself, and so he, he shows her the old one-two. He says it's a, a move I invented. Step one, you punch a person in the groin. Step two, when they're bent over, you give them an uppercut to the chin. And that's it. That's the old one, too. And, you know, it, again, it's, it's, it's silly, and it finds its place in the movie in a couple of comedic scenes. But my next reason is Andrew Dice Clay's parents. As they go to visit his house after, you know, after he meets uh, up with her because he's a bouncer and the uh, monks are chasing her, the, the ninjas are chasing her, and 
Uh, they run into uh, the nightclub that he's bouncing uh, at, and then after that, you know, he kind of takes over protecting her, and he takes her to his house as part of that. After they jump on a train, uh, and they have like a fun conversation on the train, which I have right here. Thanks, babe. What was that all about? It's complicated. I got time. Mind if I smoke? Yes. Well, too bad we're in the smoking section. So what is it? Those guys don't like rock and roll? Oh, Cammy says it's some sort of religious sect or something. What's Cammy? My crazy sister. She took something from them. I guess she thinks they'll trade it for me. Well, she just give them back what they want. Well, she must think it's awfully important to risk her life and mine, and I hate to admit it, but my sister always knows what she's doing. <laughs> really? She's a botanist. So you got the looks and she got the brains, huh? She's very beautiful. Then she got the looks and brains. What'd you get? Look, muscle head, are you gonna help me or not? I'll take you to the cops if that's as far as I go. The cops aren't gonna do anything. There's no law against being a ninja. Those ninjas wiped out a club. I think there's a law against that. Well, there's another reason we can't go to the cops. Why? They might pick you out of the lineup? <laughs> she kind of talked me into smuggling something into the country, and it's not drugs. Well, what is it? It's a flower from China. Wu thinks it holds the key to ultimate power. Wu? What's a Wu? He's the guy you almost creamed with the fire extinguisher. Interesting. Can you just help me get to St. Luke's Church? Uh-uh. I'll pay you $300. Make it five. Done. What? I can't pay you now. I lost my purse when Wu was chasing me. Honey, these pockets only take green. God, all right, look. This is an 18-karat gold, custom-made Rolex. 24-karat hands, diamond-studded face. It's worth $10,000. In a video, we paid $10,000 for a watch. Jonathan. Oh, rich boyfriend, huh? He was crazy in love with me. I had to end it. Yeah, but you kept the watch, didn't you? He lied to me, okay? I couldn't trust him anymore. Do we have a deal, or what? Ed Malloy. Samantha Crane. Most people call me Sam. Most people call me the Brain Smasher. You get an idea of the chemistry from that. And, uh, you know, then they meet Andrew Dice Clay's parents, or they actually meet um, Ed Malloy's parents, uh, who's the, the mom from Seinfeld, and uh, and I don't know who the guy is, but they're great. And they all start yelling at each other, and they think Terry Hatcher's, uh, you know, crazy because she's talking about monks. It's a good time. It's actually a moment when they all start arguing, and his dad says, what's she talking about red monkeys for? And speaking of the red monk, or you know, red monks or red monkeys, and the guy who plays Rain in uh, in Big Trouble in Little China is in this, and and there's a part where he just uh, he like growls like a beast in the hallway outside of uh, the Malloy household. I, I don't know what's up with that, but it's crazy. So my next reason to watch this movie, the soundtrack. Hail Ming. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. This has got the worst soundtrack I've ever heard in a movie. <laughs> hey, how about we hear one of those songs right now? My friends was unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they got the soundtrack. Uh, you know that that was the song from the stage on the uh, in the nightclub. I mean, it, it, but it continues like that. There are more songs that pop up, maybe from the same artists or maybe from artists just as bad. I'm not sure. So, my next reason that I mean, I've, I've talked about that the dialogue is fantastic. I mean, it, for what it is, it's bad, but it's supposed to be bad. So it's fun. And the Kung Fu is good. It's not great, but it's good enough. So it's fun. And um, you know, the roadhouse music that plays during the uh, Kung Fu versus the Brain Smasher fights in a couple of scenes, you know, again, we're talking about music. It's an odd choice, but like there's some straight up roadhouse, you know, kind of country and Western deal going on while he's slugging it up with uh, these, these uh, red mucks. So our next reason for watching Brain Smasher 
a love story would have to be buddy cops. We've got a couple of cops here that have uh, arrested Ed the Brain Smasher Malloy and his uh, supermodel sidekick, and they're <laughs> they're interrogating them because they uh, pretty sure that they're drug smugglers. And I think we have a sound clip of uh, one of these conversations here. Yes, yes, we do. And you know, the the method that Elliot Ness and his crew have here of, uh, of because I say Elliot Ness because they're dressed like 1945 coppers. They've got like you know, uh, double-breasted suits and fedora hats, and and, and they're all smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and they're all yelling at them. And it, anyway, here's here's the here's the clip. I'm telling you, I don't know anything else about those Chinese guys. How do you know they're Chinese? Why not Japanese? Why not Vietnamese? Why not Korean? Why not Martians? Let's get back to the woman, Ed. You said you'd never met her before tonight. That's right. Earlier, you stated that she crashed at the door at the Zebra Club and two of these so-called ninjas followed her in. Tried to follow her. I stopped two of them. You guys were supposed to pick them up in front of the club. Benny called you guys. Benny Briscoe? He was one of the victims tonight. Broken neck. Yeah, I guess sometimes bouncing get pretty dangerous, huh? The officers at the scene said they didn't find any unconscious ninjas, Ed. Well, maybe they take that wounded with them. Look. I wasn't the only guy out there. There had to be 100 people out there. Why don't you talk to them? We did. They also reported ninja activity. Of course, they were high and drunk. What are you wasting your energy on me? You should be out catching these guys. You're a pretty smart guy, Ed. <laughs> yeah, for a bouncer. Check the flights from China. Call the ambassador. Do something. It all turned stupid on us. We're not going to call the FBI or Interpol on the word of a Neanderthal bouncer and an airhead model. Get back on the planet. Hey, Sam's not an airhead, and I'm not a Neanderthal. I'm a co-magnum. What? Okay, so that was Blade Runner and the Doll Man. <laughs> yeah, Blade Runner and the Doll Man. We got Leon from from Blade Runner, and then we've got we've got none other than Tom Thomerson, right? And it's Tim Thomerson, Tom Timerson, Tim Tim Timony Two Rum Tum Tugger. It's I think it's a, I, actually I think it's a Tim Drake. It's a Tintin, the dog. Tintin. It's Tintin. Tintin. So Tintin plays the head of the police department, uh, aka Elliot Ness II, uh, electric, uh, elect- drug smugglers. <laughs> yeah, electric prohibition. There, that's what I was going for. Um, and and then there's a second crew of interrogators who are interrogating Terry Hatcher, and we've got a clip of that too. Black, Smith, Jones, Brown. You tell us again why these uh, Chinese ninjas are in. I told you twice already, they want the flower. Oh, right, the flower. You know, the one that's going to give them the ultimate power. <laughs> you expect us to believe this crap? Well, my sister believes it, and she's always right. Sounds like my wife. Hmm. The sister of yours. Isn't she the Indiana Jones of botany? <laughs> <laughs> Laugh all you want. My sister's research made the cover of the American Botanist three times last year. We're very impressed. How can we get in touch with this famous sister of yours? I don't know. She told me to meet her at St. Luke's Church tomorrow, and then she disappeared. She was trying to protect me. Didn't do a very good job, did she? Looks like we're going to have to keep you in custody until tomorrow. Then we can hook up with this sister of yours and get some real answers. I want to call CAA and my lawyer. Get her the phone. I think the uh, the next reason to to watch this movie would be the uh, wonderful dialogue that Andrew Clay delivers here, and we have a, a soundbite of that, something like this. Well said, Andrew Dice Clay. Hail Ming. I so yeah, we got and we have monks just randomly kicking people in alleys. I mean. Wherever these guys go, they're running around in big trench coats and they and they have these half masks on like they're all Phantom of the Opera and and they're just kicking people. Like and actually I think this should lead into the epic movie moment. I think it should, yeah. So here we go. Epic movie moment. This epic movie moment we have ninjas kick a guitarist in the face ninjas kick a bassist in the face ninjas kick the lead singer in the face 
Ninja kick a drummer in the face. And that is the epic movie moment. In case you didn't catch that, in the nightclub, the the monks that are chasing them just jump up on stage and make a point to kick all of the members of the band off. And supposedly later, as they're reviewing what's happened, they, they actually murder people in the club, like by droves, like 60 people get murdered or something is what the cops are saying. I think the next reason you should watch this movie is catching a bullet. They've got, uh, they've got the monks cornered in the police station who... Just go all Terminator on the, the cop station, just walking through, hitting everybody as they just turn the corner. And they tell him not to move, and Wu, the leader of the monks, he just kind of gives him a smirk. They shoot, and he reaches out and catches the bullet in his ha- bare hand. And everybody in there is like, oh man, come yeah. on! <laughs> That's what makes this scene. You've seen lots of people catch the bullet in their teeth, or, or catch the bullet, and but like, like... I don't know who's disgusted in the room, but it's like there's a whole bit, there's a whole chorus of oh what yeah what are you talking about? As we were watching, Danny actually turned to me and said, "Is that a studio audience right there?" You move, you die. Oh, come on, no way. Come on, give me a break. No, no, no. Are you kidding? Catch. Sound a little something like that. Yeah, catching a bullet's a good one. And uh, so my next reason to watch it, I got random dude kicking. I've got Elliot Ness cops. And I want to give an honorable mention to a guy who plays a cop doing an interrogation. He does a bang up job. The guy's name, for real, is Charles Rocket. I have to say, I don't know the character's name, but there is no way his character name is better than his real name. <laughs> Absolutely, Mark. So I, I just, you know, honorable mention is not a reason to watch the movie, so I'll move on into the next one, and I will say that um, Terry Hatcher passing giant picks of Terry Hatcher is my reason to watch the movie. They set up that she is a world-famous supermodel, but they do a good job of delivering that by actually creating these... Yeah. photos and posters and sticking them up all over town no matter where they go <laughs> they're like great big like 10 foot placards like inside of a department store and if you know anything about um you know albert pune he's he's working on a budget he's like okay well i need terry hatcher's uh face on the inside of the uh the the pane of glass and neither of the characters even acknowledge it being there and then she passes down the, the road like she goes around a corner and there are like two more great big like four by five posters of her it's just, it's its a little surreal. There's a moment in the movie where uh, he's teaching her the, the one-two combination, and she sees a calendar on the wall, and she says, hey, I'm in that one. <laughs> and so she's just everywhere throughout the movie. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, they're, they're really playing up that supermodel thing. What's your next reason? So the next reason to watch the movie uh, would be the scene where they have escape the police station the ninjas have beat up everybody caught bullets with their bare hands and ed malloy does what any person rational person in this situation would do he quits he's just like no i'm done he tells terry hatcher go on you're where you need to go down the block uh, so she goes off by herself but it's a good moment because he sees the monks following her and he can't let her go off alone so without her knowing it he track he follows them and one by one just starts beating up these monks that are trying to kill her yeah it's pretty it's it's a pretty sweet scene i gotta admit watching this movie today with mark and we did skip like sections of it just to get past it so you feel free to do the same but it's a fun scene and like you know the the it's it's kind of she walks and without even knowing he's behind her you know by 20 feet He's, uh, he's slamming monks' heads together and, and uh, doing the whole, like, uh, battled uh, 
bodyguard scene back there. And it's just, it's kind of a cool thing. Um, so my next reason is uh, she ends up getting diverted from where she's supposed to meet her sister uh, by nefarious means. And she ends up going into a strip bar, of course, because it's a, well, I don't know, it's not an 80s movie, but it's a 90s movie. And there was still a good remnant of you have to be in a strip bar for a minute. And uh, she gets hit on by a guy and then she does the old one, two. And then uh, Andrew Dice Clay comes in and and uh, they get cornered in there. And she runs into the, the back and there's some matron, some strip matron there that's really weird. And she runs the guys off, and then she uh, she starts to harass Terry Hatcher for some money. And, uh, and you know, she gives her the old one, too. And uh, it's just a weird scene. Like, I don't know if it's a reason to watch, but it's something that I just kind of watched flabbergasted. Yeah, I guess it's a reason to watch out for. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. It's, it's not a reason to watch. It's a reason to skip. <laughs> uh, I would have to say... Uh, a reason to watch it is because uh, the Sam- Samantha Crane, who is uh, Terry Hatcher's character. Oh, we used the character name for once. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought I might as well throw it in there since they no, would have the trouble of having it. I all. appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Samantha Crane and the Brain Smasher, they kind of work together. I mean,. It, it really is sweet. Yeah. And and we've got a sound clip of where they actually start to fall in love, and it becomes a love story. I mean, up until now, they've given each other kind of soft eyes. And for as abrasive as, as Andrew Dice Clay is, he really does seem sympathetic. Yeah. Like, he does it, like, I don't know if it's just, you know, something about his, his face or what, but it, like, I feel like I could be sympathetic to this guy. Yeah, and Terry Hatcher, she plays up the beautiful supermodel type well, but she's also quirky enough that you can kind of see her falling for this lunkhead, for lack of a better term. <laughs> so, so here's a uh, here's a clip from them falling in love. One, two. Nice job, Kula. Who's your new friend? Ed. What happened to you? I fell down. Your face is a mess. You should be more careful. Yeah. Well. uh came by to give you this, you know? I didn't finish the job, you know, and I figure if you get together with your boyfriend, uh, you might wonder what happened to his $10,000 watch. We're getting kind of close, aren't we, Ed? You think? So do you have a girlfriend? You kidding me? The girls I like don't like me, and the ones that do like me, I don't. And what category do I fit in? Neither. I'm not your type. You know what I'd do? I'd buy your Timex and make you buy the batteries. What can I get you? Uh, just water. Gotta charge your minimum. What you gotta do? I mean, if uh, something would have happened in this journey, there's no bounce around. <laughs> I said you were a straight up guy. <laughs> hey, don't tease me. I wouldn't. Good. Let's get out of here. I'll keep this. Isn't that sweet? It is. Yeah, enough of that. So there's really bad music in the rest of this too, like like more really bad music. Here's another clip. It was a hard white broke a coma a night for devil's arrangement. You and me, and drunken dreams, wine spilled on the table. Gold highlighting your face, watch spirits tremble. Curling low on black velvet, sweat runs down your shoulders. Just in case things got too sweet on. I mean, and and just in case if you thought that Mark and I made this music up, like here at at, at the the house, like and just threw it out there. No, this is for real music in the in the the movie, y'all. It's for real music in the movie. Yeah, we 
we play a lot of jokes here on Hail Ming, but uh, we wouldn't do that to you on purpose. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, the, I think, again, it, it falls in line with this movie isn't the best movie in the world. Nobody ever claimed it was. It's not the best love movie in the world. Nobody ever claimed it was. It's not the best kung fu movie in the world. It doesn't have the best actors, but it has a lot of good actors in it. The surprising amount of good actors. I, I was commenting while we were watching it. I was surprised how many actual actors this movie had. That, that's well said. Um, so I, I also have a clip from the villainous speech because, you know, we haven't really mentioned that. The reason they're looking for the Red Lotus is because it's magical. And if you uh, basically you become omnipotent if you eat it is what they're saying. It's the key to ultimate power. Nice. And I thought that was going, uh, getting super pissed and eating a Frisbee. Uh, but, you know, that's that's a different kind of real ultimate power. That's the key to ultimate chowing down. <laughs> yes. So anyway, here is a clip of the villain, Wu, Woo! giving a speech about what he wants from the Red Lotus. That's a nice Ric Flair Woo, by the way. Woo! <laughs> gonna let us go. Sin of the Red Lotus will make me the most powerful man on earth. Once I have the flower, you can go to your police with my blessing. They will not be able to touch me. No one will be able to touch me. I thought you wanted your flower for your religion. I do not want to be a kung fu thug forever. I too have ambitions. Okay, the next reason to watch this movie is Wu torturing Ed Malloy, the brain smasher. And he comes up with a nickname of his own. We got a clip of that right here. Perhaps I should change my name to Fingerbreaker Wu. <laughs> what do you think? Too many syllables. <laughs> yeah, I think Ed Malloy has a point. <laughs> That's a little bit, uh, a little bit wordy. Um, and so the the last reason to watch. Brain Smasher, a love story. Other than the fact that we convinced you to by our amazing review of this movie is the actual brain smashing. At, at the, you wait for it the whole time. It's alluded to a couple of times. Why do they call you the brain smasher? Even at the beginning, he's telling the story and his mom won't listen. And he says, you're about to find out why. And then um, at the end, he, he, he delivers a line. It's a tough guy line. It's like, you know, hey, woo take this or something I, I don't remember what it was and he punches him in the face and it caves in Wu's face and leaves an imprint of a big fist in the middle of his of his head there's an indention of the man's fist across his eyes and it looks so ridiculous it is something to really watch out for there but you know what you know what I don't ever see in my love story movies Mark what's that I don't ever see somebody just getting their face caved in by somebody's <laughs> fist. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out at this point, we are not hitting that helping button. There. No, no, this this is the movie. And it's another reason why I the I find these movies that I remember and love, and then I find out they were made by Albert Pugh. So like the guy's doing something that that uh, that, that pulls my trigger. I don't know. I just uh I'm not saying he's the best director, far from it, but I'm saying that I, I appreciate his work for what it is. Let's just toss it out there. Albert Pune is a reason to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so we're not really going to uh, get into it, but we're going to say uh, remake or no. No! Watch the movie. You'll see why it doesn't need a remake. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't need a remake because it doesn't need a remake. That's about all there is to that. And uh, so uh, it's rating time. You ready? Uh, I think I'm ready. I will give this one five brain smashings. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and I think I'll have to give it uh, three red lotus being uh, clandestinely carried by Terry Hatcher's almost as attractive sister. <laughs> and Mr. Brian Blessed, what do you think of Brain Smasher, a love story? Shut up! Will you shut up? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And you know, since it is our special Valentine's Day episode, we've got a little special guest in the studio with us to give us his thoughts on it. Billy D. Williams, what do you think of Brain Smasher, A Love Story? Peace and love, baby. Peace 
and love. Can't argue with that. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I thought he was going to go with, you low life. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve showing up here after what you pulled. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> so that's a brain smasher, a love story, and we will be right back. Their names have become synonymous with horror. Have you ever heard of Candyman? His right hand is sawn off. He has a hook jammed in the bloody stump. And now you shall see them in a whole new way. And if you look in the mirror and you say his name five times, he'll appear behind you, breathing down your neck. Sweet sugar Candyman. Meet Helen Lyle. Helen is obsessed with Daniel. But Daniel's in love with Lori. It's kind of cute too in a pompous sort of thing. Lori's brother Michael doesn't like Daniel. Good baby, very good! But Michael does like Jamie. Total pervert. Really hurt! Jamie has a thing for Jason, but Jason's got some intimacy issues. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? Or we can have premarital sex. <laughs> we love premarital sex! Those issues are linked back to Amanda. I want to play a game. Game over. Because Amanda has a thing for Nancy. And Nancy, she's just looking for the man of her dreams. She's mine! 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 This Valentine's Day, see your favorite horror movie icons in a way you never have before. In one hell of a romantic comedy. We hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Not looking for a day, I'd tell you that much. You got the hots for him? I'm not into necrophilia, thanks. Be my victim. Never lump there, you idiot. What's up with that Blair Witch, man? I tapped that, but she probably got cobwebs sealing it up. Are you gonna behave? Virginia Madsen, Jamie Lee Curtis, Mike Myers, Danielle Harris, Shawnee Smith, Heather Langenkamp, Robert England, Kane Hodder, and Tony Todd are Hooked, a horror romantic comedy. The Hailming Power Hour is proud to present the live performance of Andrew Dice Clay at the Met, performing his stand-up routine. Edited for content. So I said... <laughs> Good night, everybody. Welcome back. Ooh. What? Where? Anyway, so here we go. It is time to wrap this up. I hope you had a good time listening to us talk about Brain Smasher, a love story here on Valentine's Day. And I hope you're having a great Valentine's Day with your sweetie. Although, no one sent us any skits to do. So I'm kind of mad at you all. <laughs> Seriously, though, uh, we do appreciate you 
tuning in. Uh, make sure to check out all the great shows on Legion Podcast. And honestly, if you do have any skits that you'd like us to do, any thoughts, anything, leave a comment on the Facebook page. We'll be glad to do it. Yeah, I'll tell you where that came from. I had somebody uh, uh, contact me with this with a sponsor, and I said, and I said, well, why don't you work it up and we'll throw it in the show. And they said, well, I don't really have the capability to do that. And I thought, well, not everybody, you know, shells out money for a USB mic that they might do once in a while. And not everybody feels like extracting sound effects and doing all that. But we really enjoy it. So, uh, again, if you have something you just think would be funny, even if it's not a, you know, fully fleshed out skit, you just have a theme, eh, throw it our way. We might throw it on there. You know, it's always good to not have to exercise the noodle too much to put new stuff out. And it's always good to put stuff down that you want to hear. So by all means, you know, throw it our direction. And in case you're wondering, you know, Legion Podcast has some pretty fantastic podcasts out there. They're a fantastic family to be a part of. You know, I, I have friends in it and out of it. You know, also the uh, Darren Wilson, the Psychosemantic Podcast, the VD Clinic, uh, uh, the Witch. And I know Darren Wilson isn't on Legion. I don't think he is. But, you know, he's he's part of my family, too. I met him through all this. And uh it's a it's a good group to be part of, so give them some love. And speaking of love, like uh, Dan said earlier, we hope you all are having a great Valentine's Day, uh, spending it with people you love. Um, just remember, you're part of our family too, so we love you and wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Ah! All right, so for this week, I'm Danny, and I'm Mark. And this has been Hail Ming Power Hour. Talk to you next time. So what's your idea of a perfect Valentine's Day? Is it dinner for two with candlelight and fondue? Is it a handsome cab ride through Central Park? Is it just time alone with the one you love? Or is it saving the world by keeping the red lotus out of the hands of killer monks while a bouncer with a heart of gold and a tough exterior meets a supermodel who's internationally known? It could be any of these things, but if it happens to be the latter, Brain Smasher, a love story, might just be up your alley. And if that's the case, this episode was for you. Just remember, till next time, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody.
Perhaps I should change my name to Fingerbreaker Wu. <laughs> what do you think? Too many syllables. Ninjas to you. Are you ignorant? Ninjas are Japanese. These guys are speaking Chinese. You are a very wise man. Oh, we are not ninjas. Isn't that funny? Let's kick some ninja butt. <coughs> We're dead. For the last time. We are not ninja. Now you release it or I'll blow your ninja butts to hell. You're a ninja, you're a guy. 